Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with me I hope your 2019 is off to an amazing start. And whether it is or whether it isn't, I hope that you will capitalize on all the opportunities today to create what you want, to create what you want for your health, to create what you want for your relationships, to create what you want for your finances, for your attitude, for your peace of mind, your stress level, all of those things. I am super excited to share with you today my food philosophy. But before I do, I'm even more excited to share with you that our next episode, which airs on Thursday, January 10th, is going to be all about my first book, my new book, which launches on Thursday, and I could not possibly be more excited I imagine you can hear the smile on my face. I could not be more excited to share with you some of the behind the scenes stuff of writing the book, what I learned, what surprised me, what I'm excited about most, the parts of it that I can't wait to hear your feedback on Thursday, January 10th. I would love it if you just put a little note in your calendar that that is EB's book release date I'll be sharing all the details about it, where you can get it, all that good stuff. Hardcover, paperback, Audible, Kindle, you name it. Thursday, January 10th. Today, however, we are going to keep it short and simple. In episode 550-550, which aired just a few days ago, I talked about my coaching methodology because while it is implied in what I share every episode, I had never said, hey, these are the tenets of how I coach myself and how I coach my clients. And I shared all of that in episode 550. If you haven't listened to it, it's a great one to go back to. Today, I want to take a similar approach, but instead of my coaching philosophy, my coaching methodology, this is my food philosophy. Many of you If I were to say, what do you think my food philosophy is? You might say things related to fat loss, related to carbohydrates, related to hormones. And I will tell you right now, it might surprise you. None of those things will come up in today's episode. My food philosophy is not primarily about fat loss or about carbohydrates or about hormones. And I'm going to share it with you today. But keep in mind that this is my food philosophy. It's not somebody else's that they taught me and I decided to take on as my own. I have created it based on what I want, how I feel, what's important to me, what I've learned through decades of struggle and continuous improvement, 
And I don't share it so that you will make it yours, but rather so you start to think about, A, what is your food philosophy? And B, are you living it? Or is it just an intellectual exercise? This is going to be short and simple because my food philosophy is short and simple. These are in no particular order. And their importance, if I were to rank them, would be different every single day. And I think that they should be. So no particular order. If you asked me to rank them, you'd never get the same answer twice. Because it all depends on what my daily priority is, how the previous day was, what goal I'm after, how I want to feel, how I've been feeling, and on and on and on. But the first one I will share with you as a critical component of my food philosophy is pay more attention to hunger. And if that sense of hunger trips you up, which it used to me, I used to think, well, I mean, if I'm a little hungry, should I eat? Do I need to wait until I'm really, really hungry? Well, how do I know which it is? And is ignoring hunger a bad thing? Some people get really all tripped up about the idea of hunger. Another way to think about this that was my initial evolution because it felt a little simpler is just very simply, does my body need fuel right now? So independent of what food we are talking about, if we're talking about fruit or we're talking about potato or we're talking about steak or we're talking about a cupcake, does my body need fuel right now? Slash, am I hungry? Does my body need fuel right now? And a lot of this comes from paying attention, but a lot of it is common sense, right? When was the last time I ate? How much did I eat? What did I eat? What have I been doing since then? All of those factors are considerations in does my body need fuel right now? Independent of what food we are talking about, independent of how much, independent of whether it's fat, protein, carbohydrate, does my body need fuel right now? Because at its core, food is fuel. And yes, it's delicious. And yes, it can be a part of celebrations. But for me personally and my philosophy, no matter what we're talking about, am I hungry? Does my body need fuel? And some days, my body needs more fuel than others. This is one of many, many, many reasons that I'm not a fan of like calorie counting or macro counting because a lot of that presupposes that our fuel needs are the same day to day, and they're just not. They're just not. Christmas Day, I did not work out. I was standing around all day. My stress level was low. I had gotten a lot of sleep. Actually, I hadn't gotten a lot of sleep because I was sick the night before. Um, so my fuel needs are different on a day like that than on a day where I'm working out really hard and I have a lot going on and maybe I worked out really hard the day before. All of these things are factors in my body's fuel needs. And the great thing is your body is always communicating with you. And when it comes to hunger, yes, there are levels of hunger. When I'm working with my clients, we look at starting out ranking it either on a scale of 1 to 5 or a scale of 1 to 10 or even just subjectively like kind of hungry really hungry, feed me now or I'll punch you in the throat, right? <laughs> like that is a range that we will 
talk about, but you can learn these signals that your body sends. For some people, they never have that rumbly tummy feeling of hunger, but for them, it is very much a fluctuation of energy or it is the onset of a headache or they start to get really distracted or maybe they get a little jittery or they feel lightheaded. But learning your body is key here. One of the tenets of my food philosophy is really assessing, does my body need fuel right now? Before even good choice or not a great choice, how much, when, does my body need fuel right now? The second, and if I were to put priority on these, and again, it would be different on when you asked me, but today this one would rank pretty high. Removing emotion from food is paramount in my philosophy on food. It's not good or bad. I don't care if we are talking about French fries from Five Guys or we're talking about a cupcake or we're talking about chicken breast or chicken thighs or organic salmon or not, whatever it is, food is not good or bad. It is just food. If you are somebody who says like, yeah, it was a good day, I ate really well, I personally practice disassociating food choices from emotional states. Now, Don't get me wrong, food absolutely impacts how I feel. My energy level, right, my ability to focus, physically how my body feels. Like if I'm eating really well, I'm going to physically feel better going into a workout than if I haven't been eating well, right? But this notion that like I'm happy when I'm eating well and I'm angry and I'm pissed off and I'm depressed when I'm not, is just something that I have worked very hard on because I was really judging my life, my whole life for such a long time based on if I was what I considered on track or off track. And I don't even believe in that concept anymore for my own life. But I love a good cupcake and I love a great glass of wine and I don't feel guilty when I have them. For me, food is not good or bad. It's just something that makes me feel great physically, energy-wise, focus-wise, or it's something that doesn't. But the emotional consideration, the guilt, the drama, the victimization, the frustration, the resentment, the shame is not something that I am willing to have be a part of my relationship with food anymore. That doesn't mean that I haven't ever had a moment of going, geez, I overdid it. What in the world was I thinking? Why did I do that? But in that moment, I'll come back to what happened here without my emotion. I chose to eat more food than I needed, period, the end. Then it's on to, so what, now what? What am I going to do now? Well, I certainly don't need more fuel. So it's just on to my next best choice. But that is a critical part of my food philosophy. Take the emotion out of it. The next thing is I don't major in the minors. I don't major in the minors. That is why I'm not doing episodes on things like resistant starch or whatever the fad of the week is. I personally don't major in the minors. If I go out to eat, 
and their beef isn't grass-fed, and I get a bunless burger. I wasn't ever obese because I wasn't eating grass-fed meat. <laughs> like, that wasn't the problem. That wasn't the problem. And I know that I could get sucked into the weeds and all the nitty-gritty little details of like, what's the best brand of collagen? But personally, my philosophy is that I don't major in the minors. And again, this is my philosophy and it doesn't have to be yours. I love to read and I love to learn, but I still don't get hung up on the minor details. My big picture is I want to eat in a way that makes me feel amazing 99% of the time. That doesn't mean that everything in my fridge is like the highest degree of pure and organic and grass-fed and hormone-free. No, it's not. Because my philosophy is that I don't major in the minors. It's fascinating to me that people don't blink an eye at eating Christmas candy or hot and fresh donut. But then when we start talking about health and we start talking about real food, everybody is suddenly like a researcher that needs documentation and evidence and 77,000 opinions. But why weren't you looking for that when you were eating the Russell Stover's chocolate? That's how I see things. And I honor the fact that you might be different, but even as like a podcaster, I'm never going to be the one that's going to get into the weeds about things that I consider small rocks because personally, it's not my philosophy in my life. And professionally, I don't believe that's what you need to get to the next level of health and happiness. Just my two cents. My food philosophy is eat real food and minimize stuff that is not real food. Just because it's sold in a grocery store does not make it real food. Do you understand its origin story and does it not include a factory, a plant, a whole bunch of people processing it, a label even? How many ingredients are there and do you know what they are? My food philosophy is that I eat real food. Not 100% of the time. Nope, nope, sure not. Absolutely no. But most of the time. And the reason that is my food philosophy is because it makes me feel my best. And I spent most of my life feeling awful, having no energy, being depressed, feeling defeated, feeling overwhelmed, and I don't want to feel bad anymore. And I know the choices that make me feel bad and I just don't want to make them. That's my philosophy. Just a couple more things here. How I feel is greater than how I look. How I feel matters more than how I look. That is one of the reasons that personally I haven't been on a scale in I don't know how long. Doesn't mean that I don't care about my body weight. It means that what drives my choices, my compass, is how I feel. You don't have to operate that way. You might have a very strong sense that you want to stay at or under a particular weight and more power to you. One of the beautiful things about life is that we don't have to have the same operating system. You don't need to like mine, respect mine, or agree with mine. And I don't need to like yours, respect yours, or agree with yours. You do you and I will do me. But how I feel 
is greater than how I look. And I'll add to that, my body weight is separate from whether or not I'm taking great care of myself. Because I don't want to put weight as like the thing. I have this goal weight, this goal size, because I could get to that in a way that doesn't reflect self-care. But if I know that I am truly taking great care of myself, if self-care and feeling great are my priorities, then the rest will fall into line. And I just believe that, I trust that, and that is what my operating system is. Part of my food philosophy that has evolved from a lot of mistakes is that short-term strategies deliver short-term results. And so if I'm not willing to do it happily for the rest of my life, then I don't bother. That doesn't mean that any strategy I take on, I will do for the rest of my life. But a big part of it is, am I willing to? Am I willing to? I don't believe that the way I eat now is necessarily exactly the way that I will eat in five years. In fact, I would say I surely will have evolved things at that point because our body composition changes, our hormones change, we get older, our fitness level changes, our tastes change, our lifestyle change, and on and on and on and on and on. But anything that knowingly is like a 30-day thing, if it's a short-term strategy, it's going to deliver short-term results. The exception to this I will share is fasting. When I do a 24-hour fast, you know, that is certainly I'm not going to fast every day for the rest of my life or even with a five-day fast or, or something like that. But for me, intermittently fasting, whether that is a few hours of the day or 24 hours or you know, five days a year or whatever it is, that is a strategy I will continue, right? So when if I fast for 24 hours, I don't see that as a short-term strategy because I'm not fasting for 24 hours to lose weight. That would be silly. But fasting every 24 hours once a month is, for me, something that I can happily sustain moving forward. A huge part of my food philosophy is paying attention. And I talked about this in great, great detail in episode 550. But my food philosophy in terms of paying attention has a lot to do, for one, with hunger. I shared in 550 how I was out to eat. And I just casually kind of asked myself to myself, a random thought popped into my mind that was, am I continuing to eat because this is delicious? Or am I continuing to eat because I'm still hungry and I think my body needs more fuel? That is a big part of paying attention, which is a tenet of my food philosophy. But also, how does my body feel, right? Do I feel good in my skin? Do I feel good in my clothes? Do I feel good when I am performing in the gym? Paying attention helps me to adjust. Do I want to eat a little bit more today? Do I want to eat a little bit less today? Do I want to dial back on starch today? Do I want to incorporate a little bit more? Should I be perhaps a little bit heavier on the whole food healthy fats or maybe dial back and go a little bit more lighter and leaner? Paying attention is how I adjust those things. And I will reiterate the message from Justin Sua that I shared in episode 550, and that is that the weakest pen is stronger than the strongest memory. So don't rely on your recall here. Journaling is critically important if paying attention is critically important to you. 
It's been a game changer for me and my most successful clients are the ones that are really working first and foremost to pay attention. The last thing that I will share as a tenant of my own food philosophy is that I rely on my body for answers more than I rely on anybody else or anything else. Instead of wondering, gosh, is intermittent fasting healthy for a, you know, 35-year-old woman with Hashimoto's who does CrossFit every day? I'm not going to Google that. If I want to know, I'm going to try it and I'm going to learn from what my body tells me. I am a 35-year-old woman with Hashimoto's who does CrossFit five or six days a week. How do I feel when I intermittently fast? How's my energy? What happens to my body composition? What happens to my hunger? What happens to my cravings? Do my symptoms of Hashimoto's stay the same? Do they get worse? Do they get better? I rely on my body, which will always give me feedback for infinitely more valuable information and guidance than Google or any expert. I am the only expert on me, and you are the only expert on you. If I had to sum it up, I would say my food philosophy is to eat real food when my body needs it and pay attention to how I feel adjusting accordingly while having an attitude that is free from drama. There's not judgment. There's not guilt. There's not shame. If I eat more than I need to eat, okay, so next best choice, right? Not, oh my God, why did I do that? What's wrong with me? Nope. I eat real food when my body needs it. I pay attention to how my body feels. I adjust accordingly and I keep the drama out of it. My body is the expert on me. A few things before we say goodbye, including related episodes. But before that, today is the final day to register for the winter 12 weeks to transformation. I will put the link in the show notes at primalpotential.com forward slash 551. Or if you want to register right away, make sure that you get in there before registration closes. Go to primalpotential.com forward slash transform primalpotential.com forward slash transform. And while you're there, if you want to hear related episodes specific to food, right, less about the mindset stuff, more about my philosophy on food, the Fat Loss Basics series of the podcast, which is episodes 121 to 126, that is fantastic. I'll link that up in the show notes. Uh, 542 is the Real Food Keto conversation that I had with Jimmy Moore and his wife, Christine. Check out that one. 533 is more mindset, uh, less food, but it is about simplifying and improving your decision making, which can be really helpful for people who find that they're like jumping from one thing to the next or always being obsessed with getting more information and other people's opinions. Those are great places to start. And the links will all be in the show notes, primalpotential.com forward slash 551. Five things to wrap up with, and we'll go through them very quickly. 
The first is January 10th is my book release date and also the podcast all about the book, bringing you a little bit behind the scenes, what surprised me, what was hard, what I learned, what I'm most excited about. I would love it if you put that on your calendar so that you are first in line to buy the book and hear the details of it beforehand in the podcast, which airs again Thursday, January the 10th. Um, I want to also share my quick thoughts on a really great concern that a listener brought up to me about inconsistency. She is struggling with inconsistency, and I, I know so many of you are as well. So I want to share my thoughts on that. Before that, though, three other quick things, the first of which is First time I'm saying this in the new year, and I'm super excited to be saying it, that this episode is supported by Kate Hudson's activewear company, Fabletics. And the reason that I'm super excited to say that is because I get so fired up to support and invite you to support a company that makes it more affordable to live a healthy lifestyle. It's just the way it is. It's the way that I see it. I want to support companies, not that just put out cute stuff. I mean, that's lovely. I think a lot of Lululemon stuff is adorable and Nike and Reebok and Athleta and all of that. But I have infinite amounts of respect for somebody who at the expense of their own bottom line is making it more affordable for people like me and you to get good quality active wear so that we can take better care of our bodies. And I will proudly support them and ask you to support them when you go to shop through fabletics.com forward slash primal potential, fabletics.com forward slash primal potential, you can take advantage of their special offer, which is two pairs of leggings for $24, which if you have ever bought any active wear, you know what a great deal that is. Also, uh, just a few weeks ago, I put up a post on my blog of some of my favorite pieces that I bought from Fabletics in 2018, leggings, tops, sports bras. These are just my favorites, but if you want to check those out, I will link to them over on the show notes. But I would love to ask you to support Fabletics and companies like them, whether they support the podcast or not, who are making it easier and more affordable for us to take great care of ourselves. I think that is such an important mission and I have endless respect for it. And I'm honored that Fabletics wants to support this podcast and that we can move better, feel better about ourselves. And, you know, I shared not that long ago in the podcast about creative ways to solve problems. Tons of you are probably thinking like, hey, it's January. Yeah, I need to exercise more. I need to be better about that. But that's sort of the way we always approach it, right? One of the things I talked about, and I I think it might have been in the Ideas Worth Spreading episode, but don't quote me on that. I can't recall, but I think that was 547 maybe. I challenge you to think about it differently. Like instead of thinking, geez, I should really work out more, how can you make it more fun? How can you get yourself more excited about it? And maybe that has nothing to do with what you wear. Maybe it is about trying a new class or incorporating a friend or a spouse or a child. But for me, one of the things that really helps is really loving what I wear to the gym. That makes me more excited to go work out. So when you go to fabletics.com forward slash primal potential, you not only support the podcast, but you can take advantage of their 
leggings deal, two pairs, $24. Check that out. All right. Meal I loved recently. New Year's dinner. New Year's Day dinner. I had very simply charcuterie. I didn't feel like cooking. I had a lot going on. And so meat, cheese, a little bit of fruit, it was so good. And I share that with you, not because, I mean, nobody's like, oh, wow, that's fascinating. But to just remind you that it can be really fast and really simple while also being aligned with my goals, setting me up to feel really great and being affordable, right? Doesn't have to be fancy. You don't need a ton of ingredients. You don't have to spend 20 minutes cooking and 30 minutes cleaning or an hour cooking or anything like that. Literally, it took me a minute to put it together. I enjoyed the heck out of it. It makes me feel really great. It's not heavy. It's not expensive. There was almost no cleanup. Loved it. The workout I loved, you know, very simply, I can't sweat this week because I had my eyebrows microbladed, so seven days, no sweating. Some heavy barbell stuff. Mix it up. If you are normally doing an aerobic class, mix it up and just see if you have good form or you have somebody who can coach you on it. How heavy can you go on a deadlift or a bench press before your form starts to break down? I really enjoyed earlier today um, max testing my front squat and I hit a new PR, which is a great way to start the year. And I will end on this note about this client I was speaking to, actually a, a listener, not a client, who was concerned about consistency. And what she said to me is, I know what I should be doing. And even though it's the new year and I'm all fired up, I'm inconsistent. I have good choices and then I have choices that I feel awful about. I have an okay day followed by a really bad day. And it almost seems like when I have a good day, it makes me justify not having a good day. And I have been there. I have so been there. I have lived that way. And so the perspective that I shared with her is one that I want to just wrap up sharing with you. A lot of us think of consistency as a destination. I'm not there yet. Or as a level that we haven't reached, like it's a video game and we're just trying to earn our way up to this consistency place when everything will be easier. But no matter who you are, no matter how much progress you've made or how little progress you've made, Consistency is not this level we reach. It's not a destination we arrive at. For every single one of us, me, you, and the fittest, healthiest people on earth, consistency is just a repeated choice, right? And you don't have to look any further than today. You don't have to look in the past. Instead of saying, I am inconsistent, I want every single time, you know how you can like open up a Word document and do a find and replace? Like find all the times I said when and change it to where, whatever. You can do that in in documents and word processing. I want you to think about doing that in your mind. Every time you think I'm so inconsistent, I want you to replace that with what can I do to create consistency today? How will I practice that? Every single time you think, I'm inconsistent, you have an opportunity to replace that with, how can I create consistency today? Love you guys so much. Super excited to crush this year with you. Make it our happiest, healthiest year yet. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll chat with you soon. 
Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.